If you have your Bibles this morning, the scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. I'll be reading out of the New International Version. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The scripture are, scriptures are as relevant today as they were when they were written. Amen. Thank you. Dad? <laughs> I kind of expected, you know, him being a preacher, he might, you know, get into it a little bit and save me a little time, but <laughs> here we are. So, hey, happy Father's Day. My name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I'd love the opportunity to meet you after the service. I'm one of the leaders here. I'd love to get to know you just a little bit better. Uh, I would love, before we get into the message today, I would love to tell a story about my father that really has nothing to do with the message, but I just thought it would be a good tradition just to share a story about, about my father. Um, one of the things you got to know about him is he is a fearless person. And one of the characteristics of him is he is fearless. Well, this week as I was preparing for the message, I thought about a time when I was 19, so about 15 years ago, and we went down to Florida to get a boat from my grandfather to bring it back up to East Tennessee. And we were hauling it, and quickly we realized that the truck couldn't go past 55 miles per hour because of the weight behind it, which, if you know my dad, that's already a problem because he drives like a... 16-year-old that just got a sports car. like. <laughs> so we realized, you know what, we're going to be hours behind what we thought we were going to be. And so we were starting to bump up against, I had a, a, a baseball game that summer. And so we knew we were going to be kind of cutting it close. So dad says, all right, let's consolidate our stops here. So you go into McDonald's, get us some food. While you're in there, I'll go get gas and then I'll come back and pick you up. Well, we get in the parking lot and, and we see at the entrance there's about 10 guys there kind of like patrolling the entrance, like looking kind of really sketchy and serious, almost like they're looking for a fight, right? And dad says, all right, all I've got here is a $100 bill, okay? Are you going to be okay going in? I said, oh yeah, dad, I'll be fine. I'll be fine, you know? So I went in, everything went fine, you know, I got our food, got like $80 in change back and stuff like that, and everything was just fine, but I had a devious plan in mind. I said, when he asks me for the change, what I'm going to tell him is, sorry, Dad, the, the guys that were at the front, they took it. Sorry. So sure enough, we we're pulling out of uh, the parking lot at McDonald's, and Dad says, all right, where's my change? And I said, Dad, I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I begged them not to take the money, but they took the money. I'm just so, so sorry. Well, at that time, my dad slams on the brakes with a boat behind, swerves around. I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to get my change back. <laughs> I said, Dad, I'm just kidding. I got it. It's right here. Part of me, uh, looking back on that, part of me wishes I would have let that play out just a little bit longer. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, was he just going to go take on like 10 guys half his age? I don't know, but fearless. Happy Father's Day, Dad. 
I do want to say before I get into the message, just happy Father's Day to all the fathers and father-like figures out there. I mean, really, it is a very difficult job to be a father, and unfortunately, it is rare, not common, to be a good father, a father-like figure. So I want to encourage you, keep going. I mean, if you're involved in your kids' lives or, or a role model to other kids, like, keep going. The world needs you desperately right now. If you have your Bibles, um, we're going to start in 1 John chapter 4, like my dad read. Um, but we're going to be kind of jumping around quite a bit today, so you might want to get your like Bible drill skills ready because we're going to be going different places. But um, we're going to talk the rest of our time about what God the Father is like. Because the thing is, I would contend that the single most important thing in the entire world is how we view God the Father. And I want to explain that more today because how we view God the Father will inform some things for us. If we view Him as distant and not really involved in our lives, that will really impact us, won't it? It'll impact how we view things like sin. It'll impact how we view relationships and how we engage with the world. Or in a positive way, if we, if we see God as all-powerful and all-loving, that will also inform some things for us. That'll help us be available to the people around us, to engage relationships, to have strong relationships, and things like sin... We no longer duck and hide and run away whenever we have sin, when we know we have sin. We instead say, man, I've got a loving Father who really wants me to turn towards Him and wants to walk through this with me and help me not stay where I am. What we think about God is extremely important. When we finally know that God the Father loves us, that'll really inform some things for us. Um, There's a story I heard this week about Charles Stanley, the late Charles Stanley, and God rest that man's soul, man. Fifty years at one church, awesome, amazing. Um, But he shared a story from just three or four years into his ministry. He said, man, everything was going great in my ministry. I mean, the church was growing, it was exploding, really, and my family's doing well, and everything's going well, but, but I noticed there's something not quite right here. And I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. And so after some time, he finally says, I'm going to get four of my closest friends, some godly, godly men together. And just all weekend, we're just going to process. I'm just going to tell them everything I know to tell them about my life. Everything from when I was born to now, everything I'm doing, all my thoughts, all this. And then whatever they tell me to do at that point, I'm just going to do it. So he submits to them, he says, he's got 17 pages front and back, and he's, you know, telling them, explaining, okay, here's what my life's been like, all this stuff. And he says, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. So this starts at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we get to about 10 o'clock. And one of his friends says, all right, Charles, close your eyes. Put your head on the table. Close your eyes. He said, you told us earlier that your father died when you were nine months old. He said, yeah, that's right. He said, now I want you to picture that your heavenly father in this very moment is hugging you tightly. He said, what do you feel? Charles just starts bawling, crying. And finally, when he can muster up a word, he says, secure, feel secure. And he started bawling some more. And he said, in that moment, he'd been a pastor for years And in that moment, that was the first time he actually received and embraced the love of God the Father. And he said, looking back, he had one message on God's love up to that point 
in a few years, hundreds of message, messages, and one on God's love. And he said, man, that was a lousy message because he knew nothing of it. But this moment informed not just his ministry moving forward, but his entire life and his family. We have got to know. We've got to know God's love. We've got to know that he loves us. That day changed his entire life. And the way he was running the race to that point, he thought was pretty good. And maybe some of you here today, maybe you feel like, man, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm having some success and I keep finishing races. And I think, you know, I, I thought if I just finished this race, I thought if I got that promotion or, or that nice house or I raised good kids, then I would have some sort of satisfaction or peace. But what Charles realized was that you can complete all these different races, but until you know the love of God the Father, you will never experience security and peace. And he understood that. By the grace of God, guys, no matter what your experience has been with earthly fathers, we will always, always, always have the best Father available to us who will never withhold from us His love. As we get into the Scriptures today, when is the last time that you experienced the love of the Father? When is the last time you experienced the love of the Father? Have you ever felt security in His presence? You know, that is so foundational. And sometimes I can get deep into the Scriptures. I can get into the exegesis and all that kind of stuff, you know, and that's like really important. But if I don't have the perspective of God's love wrapping around all that, then I've really kind of missed the whole picture. A.W. Tozer says it like this about the love of God the Father. He says, because God is self-existent, his love has no beginning. Because he's eternal, his love has no end. Because he's infinite, his love has no limit. Because he's holy, it is the quintessence of all spotless purity. Because God is immense, his love is incomprehensible, is an incomprehensible vast sea. Perhaps if we're looking for more depth of understanding, the best place to start would be to search the depths of his love for us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10, as my dad read, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, guys, I've I got to admit something to you guys. I've I got to confess something to you this morning. Oftentimes in my mind, everything starts with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But that's not where this starts. Let's read that again. This is how God showed his love among us. It starts with a loving father who wanted to empty the cupboard to throw the kitchen sink at this thing to make a way for us to be with him forever. That's where it starts. The love of God with a father who loves us so much that he couldn't stand not to be with us, and so he made a way for us. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Isaiah fifty four ten. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God 
keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. His unfailing love for us will not be shaken because it is not based on us in the first place. It is based on who he is and his character. Love is just who he is. It was never about us. It was about him and his promises that he fulfilled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we continued to wreck it, while we continued to roll around with the pigs instead of be with him, while we continued to be self-righteous, that's when he demonstrated his love for us. Now, that's a radical kind of love. I mean, think about the times that you have been most loving in your life. Isn't it when you're happiest? Isn't it when you're in the best mood? Isn't it when somebody deserves that love? But yet, God says at the time that we were still sinners, when we were spitting in his face, essentially... He says, man, I, I love you so much. i got to find a way to be with you forever. I mean, isn't that, isn't that wild? Isn't that radical? Now, when we accept that kind of love, that will inform some things for us, won't it? When we start to really lean into that, that will inform some things for us. While we continue to reject him, while we continue to make accusations against God that his way wasn't good enough and we needed to go our own way, that's when he emptied the cupboard on our behalf. Man, this is a radical, radical kind of love that he's demonstrated to us. And you know, there may be some of us today who are a lot like Charles Stanley in that way. Man, we just continue to run races. We just continue to run races. And we say, why is this not fulfilling us? And it's because security and peace and true, genuine joy is found when we receive the love that the Father has so graciously extended to us. Until we experience the love of the Father, the depth of our souls will always be limited and shallow. Let me say that again. Until we experience the love of the Father, the depth of our souls will always be limited and shallow. And it would be by God's grace that voids come, that pain comes. So it's an opportunity for us to see, once again, that God the Father loves us so much. There's a video I'd love to show you guys, and I've never showed you guys a video, so we'll just see how this goes. Uh, but this demonstrates the love of the Father. Pay attention to the screen here. Tom Hammond and Craig Masback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona, coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. Derek Redman, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect
A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. swelling throughout Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. <laughs> certainly wasn't the uh, the Olympic spirit that was so powerful it was the love of the father that was so powerful in that I think it's a great picture of who God the father is coming people are coming up and saying no you can't do that you can't come help him and you know he's got to finish the race on his own or, or be disqualified and the father says no I, I got to be there with him I mean I know he's going to try to finish this race on his own, but I know he just can't do it. I've got to be there for him. I've got to be a father who's available. And that's just the father that we have. I don't encourage you, don't run your own race here today. Let the father help you. Let him guide you. You know why we can do that? Because it is his strength and his strength alone. It's not about us. It's not about us, especially when you go through pain and when you've messed it up completely. God the father will be here for you. Notice this runner, Derek Redmond, not just in physical pain, but devastated that his Olympic dream is now over. And yet, what does he do when his father embraces him? Man, he can just unload on him. I mean, he's got security in his arms, even despite so much pain, so much emotion. And you know, I think that this is what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4. When he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, and I, I think uh, for a long time, in, when I was in high school, I had this written in my glove. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I'd be in the outfield and I'd be saying, all right, when it's my time to hit, I can hit a home run because, <laughs> because God is my strength. We can win this game because God is my strength. I think this is one of the misused, most misused and misunderstood verses in all the scriptures. Let's read it in context right here. It says, uh, verse 11, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I can handle disappointment. I can handle pain. I can handle adversity. I can handle success because I can endure all situations because He is my strength. He is my security. His love is my security blanket. So no matter what happens, come what may, because God is my strength. 
And guys, I think that that truly is maturity in the faith as a believer, is that when we truly realize that God is our strength. We have a Father who holds us up, a Father who is our strength in times of need. And y'all, that's good news. And I don't know how you come in this morning, but man, I just, I just plead with you, and I know this Holy Spirit's got to do His work, and God, I pray that you'll do that. But don't run your race without the understanding of the love of God the Father. Man, my, my youngest daughter, when it storms, she'll run in my arms because she knows she's safe there. She knows she's secure there. So as we leave this morning, when is the last time that you truly embraced the fact that your Father fiercely loves you? I'd love to read as we close a, a prayer that, that I wrote this week to the Father. I said, Father, help me to know the depths of your love more fully because you're an all-in kind of Father who never withholds from me. You fiercely love me and you don't even count the cost. Nothing compares to you. The depths of your love are, are like an iceberg. I can only see the tip of it, and underneath there's so much more to explore, and it's a gift to spend the rest of my life exploring it more and more deeply. Your love is like an ocean, vast and deep and wide and consuming. Your love is a pick-me-up-off-my-face kind of love that restores me and refreshes me in times of despair. When I doubted your love, you didn't punish me. You proved it to me once again. Your love is the driving force of my entire life. It is my way forward. It is my shield. It is my cover. It is my place to hide. It is how I have the strength to put one foot in front of the other each morning. Your love is the engine to my soul. It's what makes the whole thing run. It is my hope. It is the place I go in times of trial. And Father, open my heart to this love. Let it overcome me. Let it overwhelm me. Let it guide me. Let it restore me. Let it be my security and my peace. Let it be my everything, in everything, and for everything, for all time. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for your love. I mean, help us to, to truly see how much you love us here this morning. I mean, if there are things getting in the way, I pray that you'll just remove those barriers because you're all powerful. You're all loving and you're all powerful. And if there's any chains, I pray that you'll break them here this morning. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's stand and worship. Uh, the altars are open if you need to respond in that way. I'll be here to pray with you as well. Let's worship together.